McBride. Thanks for watching. Well, today we're going to pick it up again in Colossians. And so if you got your Bible handy, go ahead and turn with me, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. We've gotten through verse 8, and uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 9 here. But so far we've seen that Paul has written this letter to these believers. Uh, it, would, it would appear that he'd gotten news here from uh, Epaphras about the condition of this church, how they're doing. And uh, it would also appear that Epaphras is the one who brought them the gospel and planted the church. Paul, on the other hand, it seems did not, uh, certainly didn't plant the church, but he may not have even met these believers yet, other than the few, uh, uh, maybe that came with Epaphras and that. But by and large, he's not firsthand uh, familiar with these believers in terms of having established that church, like he might have in Corinth or a place like that. Uh, but rather, uh, even still, nonetheless, he prays for them. He's thankful for how they're doing and uh, uh, the fact that they have received the truth of the gospel, the grace of God, and that uh, God's grace is at work in them. And so with all of that as kind of a quick introduction, reviewing a little bit of what we've spoken of previously, we look at verse 9 in chapter 1 where Paul continues by writing, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And he would go on from there, but it's a pretty big chunk, so we're just going to take a little bit of it today. Um, but he uh, has not ceased to pray for them. That is his desire is to bring them before the throne of God. And in specific, he's praying that they would gain a rich knowledge of the will of God. Now, when we talk about the will of God, it's important to recognize that um, very likely what Paul has in mind here, at least primarily, uh, maybe not entirely, but at least primarily, is just generally speaking the will of God for the life of a believer. He's concerned about their spiritual growth. He's, in, he's concerned that they would continue to walk worthy of the Lord, as he would go on to say. Well, that, that entails getting to know what it means to walk worthy of the Lord, to understand those things that are blessing and pleasing to him and those things that aren't, and to walk in those things that aren't, to avoid those things that aren't. Now, of course, in the first century church, these believers in Colossae, like any believers in the first century, uh, had a pretty tough road to hoe in terms of what it meant to follow Jesus. Uh, as a Gentile church primarily, they too they would have come out of a world where the expectation was one of 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 honoring Caesar and 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 even worshiping Caesar, uh, living uh, in a Gentile kind of a lifestyle. Uh, that oftentimes entailed uh, looseness and lewdness in various areas of life. Uh, and so when, when Paul here is praying that they would be filled with a rich knowledge uh, of, of the will of God in that, you know, primarily that, that would need to entail uh, those practical things that, it me that, that are involved in walking with the Lord. Like he would tell the Thessalonians, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. And he would go on to explain about abstaining from uh, you know, sexual immorality and things like this. When we think of the will of God, our natural uh, tendency, oftentimes, I shouldn't say for everybody, but a lot of us, when we think of the will of God, we sometimes think in terms of um, the will of God, you know, for my life kind of thing, very specific. And we're waiting to hear from God about what to do and everything and in what direction to take. And uh, and that can be, um, that can be, uh, uh, certainly something that Paul has in mind in praying for them. Uh, when he says here, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, you know, he's talking about that in terms of gaining a deep, rich, pervasive kind of sense of an understanding of the will of God. Well, some of that may entail 
you know, sort of allowing the Lord to make known those things that he's specifically calling you into. You know, I, I know my calling on my life. You may know the calling on your life and those kinds of things. And so, but again, we don't want to lose uh, the fact that there are some very practical areas of the will of God that as believers, we would do well to pour ourselves into understanding. Again, if we think of uh, Paul's instruction to abstain from sexual immorality, well, that's the kind of thing that there are temptations in the world that would seek to draw us away so that we would ultimately kind of, um, you know, find our our devotion, our attention, our uh, our sense of longing toward things that are not particularly godly. Well, a healthy believer avoids those things. The will of God is that we would have no idols, that we'd not allow something ultimately to captivate and consume us in a way that only the Lord should. And so to gain a knowledge of his will in a practical, general, all Christians are included kind of a sense is to get to know him and his purposes uh, or his will in regard to the general purpose and plan of a believer's life, to grow to maturity, to bear fruit, to multiply uh, ourselves as we share our faith and things like this, to grow in our understanding of God's truth, to be in fellowship with other believers and to do the kinds of things that are healthy, things that the first century church did as we read about in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Um, and, and how do we do that? How do we come to know the will of God? How do we uh, um, gain a deeper understanding. And, and like Paul said, to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Well, I think that we first primarily have to go to the word. Now, that's probably no surprise that you hear me saying that. And I say it a lot because it is a consistent truth that we should adhere to. We want to spend time daily in God's word. We want to spend time uh, reading through it. We want to spend, spend time studying it. When we're in prayer, we want to pray over these things that God has said uh, and remind ourselves as we bring before the Lord those passages um, that, that, that are before us and just include them in our prayer life. But we want to be saturated with what God has said, his revelation in the scripture. Um, the Bible is not sort of a, a, help, a helpful book to have along the journey of the Christian life. Uh, it is the center of the Christian life. As Jesus has spoken to us, the, uh, the word of God is God-breathed and profitable for our growing to maturity, teaching us, training us, correcting us when necessary. Um, and so the word of God becomes the central focus in the life of a believer. It should also be the central focus in our church life. When we, uh, when we, when we gather together with the saints, the word of God should have a central place in that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Christians just hanging out and getting dinner or breakfast. We do men's breakfast. My wife puts together women's dinners, and these are not Bible studies and devotionals and stuff per se. They're just times to hang out. Inevitably, they end up, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, becoming discussions about spiritual things or that kind of a thing. But we don't really intentionally put it together to be a Bible study per se. But there is, uh, but so there's nothing wrong with that. But when the church gathers together on a regular basis, uh, there should be a regular going to the Word at the center of this. Why? Because when we spend time studying the Word of God, we grow healthy, we grow strong, we gain an understanding of the Lord. Uh, we learn, uh, again, as we said earlier, about those things that please Him and bless Him, 
as opposed to those things that don't. And we also learn uh, how to walk in those ways that do bless him and please him. Uh, we learn things like surrendering to the Holy Spirit and, and just giving him that place in our lives to transform us for, further and further into the image of Christ uh, and such. All the valuable things that come from spending time in the Word individually and corporately. These are the things we want to center on. And so Paul prays that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And by the way, wisdom and understanding. Uh, understanding, the idea of gaining information, under you know, gaining an understanding of something, knowing how things work, learning facts and, and information, things that are of value in that sense. And then wisdom is the practical application of those things, is taking that information that we've learned and walking in a way that's fruitful and, and, and edifying, uh, both for ourselves and others. Uh, and so uh, the wisdom and knowledge of God, seeking that we would gain a full, a fuller sense of that, is something that Paul is praying for the believers. And no doubt if he was around today, he'd be praying this for us as well, uh, wherever we are. And he says here in connection in verse 10 to this, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And there's almost kind of this cyclical picture going here. We we seek to gain understanding and to walk in wisdom. And as we walk in wisdom, we become privy to even deeper uh, understanding of, of God's ways and will and even his very person. Um, and, and this is the natural growth of a believer. Uh, after all, if we're walking in the ways of the Lord and we know that we're pleasing him, uh, you know, it, it just makes perfect sense that in that place that God would continue to help us to grow deeper and deeper in our relationship and knowledge of him. Uh, when we look at the scriptures, uh, we don't see a God who is trying to be far off, who's trying to keep us at arm's length and just wanting us to walk in a certain way just, you know, for just to make him happier, not to screw things up or whatever. There is always at the heart throughout the scriptures this desire for man to have this opportunity to meet with him. Uh, this is true in dramatic ways like the tearing of the veil in the temple and Jesus' crucifixion, opening the way to the Holy of Holies uh, that, that now can be ac accessed because of what Christ accomplished. Uh, the fact that the entire redemptive plan is to ultimately save us from our sins, that we might be saved to him, uh, that we might know him. Uh, Paul, in his great cry in, in, uh, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 3, um, he, he says that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, even being conformed to his death, he would go on to say. In other words, I want to know Christ in all of his power, but I'm willing to endure whatever it takes, even enduring uh, and sharing in his sufferings, if that's what it takes to get to know him better. Well, God's desire is that we would know him well, which is why he sometimes puts us through difficult uh, circumstances. So we learn to cling to him. We learn to see him working in ways we might not otherwise experience. All of these wonderful, beautiful benefits that come from walking in his ways and seeking to live a life for him. Well, that is essentially at the heart of Paul's prayer, that they would gain, a, a, again, a, a deep, pervasive, rich, meaningful uh, uh, understanding of the Lord and his ways, and that we'd walk in wisdom, fully pleasing to him as just the starting point of his prayer. He'll go on to talk about being strengthened, uh, growing in all endurance and patience and all these things. And then he'll go on to talk about how we're qualified by him and all of the things that we are, not just the things that he hopes we'll become and grow into, but even the things that we are because of the finished work of Christ. A very, very rich study. 
and uh, and we'll spend more time on it as we go through. I'm going to go ahead and stop there for today, though, and uh, and and just kind of figure like that's enough for us to meditate on, to chew on, to to pray about, to uh, to kind of quiet our hearts before the Lord and just say, Lord, help me to gain a, a deeper sense of who You are to learn how to walk in your ways more consistently, more faithfully. I thank you that my relationship with you is not based on my faithfulness, but that said, I still want to grow in faithfulness. I thank you that it rests on your faithfulness, but you're always faithful. Be faithful to draw me further and further into your presence as I learn to walk with you and honor you in your ways. That's my heart's desire as well. We read passages like this, we can't help but recognize how as the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate author of these things, is speaking through the Apostle Paul to us, how much this reveals the very heart of God and his desire for us to know him. So that said, let me pray and just pray that this would be a a good place to sort of uh, camp out for a while in our own hearts. Take some time after you hear these things, after you go and read the passage again yourself, take time to draw close to him and ask him to help you, as just even as I'm going to do as well. So, Father, we want to come before you and thank you for your grace and your goodness. We thank you for the gospel at work within us, your grace at work within us. We thank you that your truth transforms us and helps us to move further and further away from error and darkness and further and further into the light of your love, your grace, your mercy, and your truth. And so, Father, as we spend time looking at passages like this, and as we bring ourselves before you, desiring to see answered in our own hearts and lives those things that Paul prayed for these believers, uh, we come before you humbly, and we ask you to, to speak to our hearts through your word, that, Father, you would begin to put your finger on those things within us that maybe need to change or need to go, that we might, and that we might freely let them go once you point them out, that, Father, we not allow any doors to be locked to your Uh, uh, to you being able to access them. We pray that we would not try to hide things about our lives, but rather we would just give you full transparency. Lord, here's what I am. I hide nothing from you. Because after all, nothing is actually hidden from you. Everything is naked and bare before you with whom we have to do. And so we have no reason to, to even pretend that somehow you don't know these things. But help us in our hearts, our attitudes, our mindsets to just humble ourselves and come broken before you and give you that place. Because when we do, we place ourselves safely into the hands of the one who's worthy to take hold of us. So we thank you, we praise you. Help us to grow in a, into a deeper, richer, more meaningful, full, uh, fuller understanding of your wisdom, of your grace, of your ways, and most of all, of you. Father, at the end of the day, all of this, and hopefully all of our desires each day are growing more fervently to know you and to know you well. So thank you, Father. We love you and we praise you and we bless you. Help us toward these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I always like to point out if you have any thoughts or comments or anything like that, um, I'm thankful for a little bit of community that, that tends to sometimes build around some of these things as y'all are talking to each other. That's a wonderful thing. It's good for us as believers to encourage each other, to build each other up, to come alongside, to pray for one another. Um, certainly, I, I, I welcome your comments, your, your requests for prayer, things like this as well. So, and, and again, I always appreciate you watching. Thanks for taking some time to, to, uh, to go through the word together. 
And I look forward to catching up with you again next time. If you want to reach out to me, you can through the comments on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can email me at both on our church website at calvarychapelfranklin.com or also through my own website at parsonspad.com. And uh, uh, you can reach out by email there as well. So love to hear from you and certainly love to interact. So God bless you until next time, and we'll see you soon.